and welcome to Backing Paper for another fun-filled week. Um, it's going to be a super special episode tonight because not only do have I have my wonderful co-host Rachel with me. Rachel, say hello. Hello. Um, we also have another co-host with us this evening. It is the equally awesome and wonderful Steve Lloyd from Chroma Cameras. Steve, say hello. Hello. Um, now, Steve, we're going to let you talk about why you're here in just a minute. But first of all, I need to hear how Rachel's week has been. This is an important thing to do. We've got to have our weeks in order, haven't we, Rachel? Rachel, <laughs> how are you doing? Hi. Um, covered in paint um, and dust and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Uh, house renovations are ongoing. Um, the darkroom setting up things are ongoing. Um, but, you know, in general, I'm... I'm I'm a few extra grey hairs in this week, I think, <laughs> but I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm very glad to hear that, Rach. And um, I know you've had a busy week with all sorts of stuff, but uh, I'm guessing I'll <laughs> pop up as we go along. You, you were sure setting up a dark room this week at one point, weren't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've been um, helping helping get that sort of hopefully off the off the ground. Um, it's uh, Dot Art are going to be launching their dark room shortly. And hopefully I'll be running a few workshops, very much beginner, aimed at beginners, um, people who've never been in a dark room before, um, just helping them to kind of like create their first prints, really. So I'm in the middle of working out how to how to do that. I think I sent over some images that I've taken of, of the space as it's as I'm sort of like putting the enlargers together uh, that we have. And uh, yeah, exciting stuff. It should be hopefully maybe about three three weeks or so i think till the first workshop will be happening but i'll keep you posted on that so uh, yeah all good wonderful and indeed exciting stuff and talking of exciting stuff mm. steve you're in the middle of some very exciting <laughs> stuff um now listeners you should know steve if they've been listening for a while because you've been on the podcast a couple of times i think haven't we we've had you on here as a guest uh, certainly yeah. once and um you were on the recent show when we were there uh John Whitmore's um, Dark Shed event. Um, yep, if listeners there. are struggling to place the voice, this is Small Hand Steve, in case anybody can't remember. That's, uh, <laughs> Small Hand Steve Lloyd. Um, and the reason you've joined us this evening, apart from just the sheer delight of your company, is because you are in the middle of kickstarting um, some uh, f not film holders, dry plate holders, aren't you? Um, we are. Myself and Jason Lane from Pictoria Graphica, where bring in the chromographica double dry plate holders hopefully to market um they will hold sheet film as well with with the adapters that we're going to be releasing after the campaign so they're going to be a, a bit of everything holder this is awesome so jason lane for people who don't know that name already jason actually you you tell us about jason lane because i'm sure you know far <laughs> more than we do and i don't want to keep my trap shut <laughs> uh, yeah jason lane who lives out in new hampshire he Started the J Lane dry plates um, about eighteen months ago, two years ago. He started coating dry plates himself. He's a he's a lens designer by trade, um, much much cleverer than me. Um, and he started coating, kind of using. He made up his own emulsions using the kind of the the old uh, ingredients Kodak used. Sort of he describes them as um, sort of 130, 150 year old process. Um, and he now has two or three sort of students working with him as well in his in his business so he coats and ships plates um of all sizes really up to 20 by 24 plates are the biggest he does 
and everything down to 35 mil. People want them. Really? Uh, 35 mil plates? Yeah. Yeah, he's made those as well. So sort of single single shot plates for wow. SLRs. I think it's quite cool, really. Isn't it? It's a bit different. So uh, so yeah, so me and Jason were kind of put together by M for Emulsive after I'd, I designed a, a wet plate holder originally, um, which is something else for the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, then M kind of put me in contact with Jason Jason's kind of so he sells the plates or he gets a lot of people asking him sort of where do you get holders does anyone make them retail how can we get them because a lot of people are using kind of DIY plate holders or 100 year old holders that are you know of questionable quality now um, so he gets asked quite a lot about availability of holders um, so we got together about what was it last September so we perfect were, match that's it it was ideal so we were discussing the, the sort of the requirements I, I've I'd never shot dry plate before so I kind of came at it from an engineering point of view Jason was obviously coming out from the, the guy who makes the plates point of view and we met in the middle so we've so been working since probably early September last year so perfecting the, the holder and designing it and 3D printing them to the point that we're, at, we're ready to, to make them in larger scales uh, larger volumes that's so exciting. I've, I've never shot with dry plate. Have you, Graham? Uh, no, I, no, I certainly have not. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between um, yeah. wet plate, dry plate, how that works, Steve? Yeah. Apart from the the, <laughs> the obvious one that one's wet and one's dry, um, mm-hmm. the, a, a wet plate is coated, exposed and developed in the field, if you like, while it's still mm-hmm. wet. Yeah. So... Um, that's maybe collodion is poured over the plate. Uh, and in the other way, dry plate is very much a precursor to kind of sheet film. So it's pre-coated um, at the factory, at the source, and has a, the emulsion is dry. So if you buy a box of plates from Jason, they, they come in a, in a card box. So they, they come in sort of boxes of 10 or less for the bigger plates. Uh, and you basically load them in the dark like you would a piece of sheet film. And expose them as you would, and then develop them in generally in trays. Mm-hmm. Or um, Jason actually worked with Tim Stearman from Stearman Press. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the SP four four five tank, so I've got one of those. And Jason worked with him to develop a, a plate holder that goes into that as well for developing. So um, you can develop plates in that, and they're, they're basically very low speed um, emulsion on them, so they're kind of ISO six. Mm-hmm. He's just released an ISO 25 kind of high-speed emulsion plate as well. Wow! Oh. So the uh, sorry, I was just going to ask about the um, the plates themselves. Are they what are they made of? Because you say um, that your holders will will work with the dry plates and with film. Yeah so, yeah. so basically, the dry plates are um, 1.3 mil thick glass plates. Mm-hmm. So it's a pre-cut rectangular piece of glass with a notch out of one corner, like sheet film. Yeah. Um, so the holders are designed with the holders work exactly like a sheet, a traditional sheet film. So you you fold down a door at the bottom and slide the plate in underneath a, a lip on each side like a sheet okay. film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the benefit of that is that that gap is about two mil thick. So I've I've also designed uh, adapter plates that slide into that to take um, either sheet film to keep it at the same. Obviously the the, the focal plane is at the same point, so it's 
the front edge of the glass plate or the, the sheet film. Um, we've also got adapters to go in like the 8x10 holder to let you put 5x7 plates in or 4x5 plates in a 5x7 holder um, to, to give you a bit of variety, a little bit like a, you know, a, a reducing back but within mm-hmm. the holder. So um, people can shoot 5.7 in an 8x10 camera if they want or smaller again, 4.5 in a 5.7 camera to give them a little bit of bit of options. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I, mean, I would imagine it's something that um, not a lot of people are doing at the moment. Uh, what, what I like about it is that you can um, buy one of these holders uh, mm-hmm. and say a four by five um, double dry plate holder. Will when that comes, Steve? Will that come with the adapter, or is the adapter something you have to get separately? No, the adapters were basically going to release after the campaign, so they'll be available through Chroma Dot Camera, Pictograph Dot com and our new site which will be chromographica.com yeah. so we'll basically we we did talk about them before launching the campaign and say i've had the the adapter plates drawn off quite a while but the only issue with kickstarter is obviously as a backer you can only choose one reward yeah so we'd end up having to have numerous multiple options for what rewards you want which we've already we've already kind of touched on with you know multiple holders so if you want two holders there's a reward for that if you want a full set of all sizes there's a reward for that but if we if we tried to include the adapter plates as well um we'd have to have you know a single eight by ten holder with an adapter to shoot five seven a single eight by ten with an adapter to shoot four five and it, it we decided it got a bit complicated with the rewards so it was easier to say we will we're basically funding the holders in the campaign and the adapters will be available afterwards as as a retail purchase yeah you can pick whatever one you want that's great so, so somebody could buy this i mean it's even even if you currently haven't tried shooting dry plate and you're not sure whether you will you mm-hmm. could back one of these to get one of the holders um and the cost is you know pretty much what it costs just to buy a um double uh, whatever it is, um, holder already. Sheet film. Yeah, yeah, for sheet film, you know, there's really not much difference in the price at all, is there? I haven't, you know, I haven't looked, but um, it, they're not always the easiest things to get hold of cheap at all. So no. for not really any extra cost, you then have the ability to try dry plate later on, you know, and um, you have that room now. Yeah, it's fantastic. That, that, that's it. I mean, the cost was obviously something myself and Jason wanted to keep affordable. Um, you know, neither was a are rich so you know we all have a bit of gas with photography gear so we wanted it to be able to be something that someone could go do you know what 50 dollars, yeah that's okay i'll give that a go i might use it once i might i'll buy a box of plates try it i might shoot 10 plates and decide it's not for me but you haven't laid out three four hundred dollars to get to that point and it's also not a waste of time because you'll be able to use a sheet film as well yeah so it's you know it cost is a major concern and that, that was why we've gone down the injection molding route um the upfront costs are considerably more, but it, it, it's a, the best way to keep your your prices down, really, as a as a sort of retail product. Yeah, well, it's so um, people who uh, want to check this out, and I think anybody shooting large format should, at the very least, go and have a look at this. Um, should go to uh, just search for the the chromogra- chromographica. Well, there'll be a link in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, chromographica <laughs> Kickstarter. Chromographica. Yeah, if you did search that, I noticed it was on their kind of explore page as well yesterday. Oh, so it, it's kind That's of getting on the front, which is good. Uh, but yeah, if you do a search for Chromographica or um, let's see, if you come through, if you look up for either of us, Chroma.camera or 
Victoria Graphica on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've been sharing links to it as well. So, yeah. uh, cool. and it's going um, very well. I mean, you you're yeah. you're looking for twenty, just under twenty seven thousand pounds, and you're already yeah. at over twenty two and a half. Um, so, I think we can be yeah. fairly confident that this is going to hit its goal, um, which is wonderful because it's you know it's a new and unusual <laughs> product to see it's, on the market. Yeah, so I think it's very it's fantastic. Niche. It's uh, although saying that, so I've having met Jason or spoken to him in the last twelve months, I was amazed how many plates he actually ships it was something around ten thousand plates a year which is a I massive was, yeah it really is i was going to ask a little quick question about that actually um does he have a, a uk retailer as well or does he ship directly from the states uh yeah he's, he's kind of got both if you go to pictoriographica.com yeah. he's got his his outlet links on there there is a uk supplier on there which uh, there's actually email contact he's, he's also in conversation with paul and log wonderland about Lovely. supply about shipping them and i i grabbed Paul at the um, photo show at the NEC earlier this year. I, was, I had one of my um, test holders there with me, so I was showing him that I was chatting to him about it. So hopefully I think Paul's quite keen to look at kind of stocking them going forward as well. So that awesome. gives them a really good outlet. So all of our uh, listeners, no matter where they are really, then in the uh, sort of like world, we know that yeah. there at least there are some plans for it to be available. Definitely. Both sides yeah. of the Atlantic at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's it i mean i think freestyle photo and blue moon and a, and a few other the big the big outlets in america already stock jason's plates so uh we've been talking to them about sort of stocking them the holders going forward as well yeah yeah obviously there is an awful lot more that could be discussed about the holders about dry plate photography in general about all that you and jason are doing um but nuts to that because we've got emails to get to and also um if listeners want to learn more uh, I think it's coming out this Friday on the Large Format Photography Podcast with um, Simon Forster and Andrew Bartram. I believe that both you and Jason are there chatting away. Yep, we were there uh, a few days ago recording that, so you can listen to our dulcet tones again. Yeah, so there you go. So that's the place to go to if you want to learn more about this. Like I said, it's the Large Format Photography Podcast, and it comes out i think this coming friday so it's not out yet um so check that out uh, i'm sure that'd be very interesting i heard jason on the classic lenses podcast a few months ago talking about lenses and uh, that guy knows his stuff <laughs> he knows he definitely does <laughs> he is a very very clever man and yet somehow still didn't manage to avoid you steve i don't know what's going on he <laughs> <laughs> fell for that fishing email i sent uh, thought i was Nigerian prince with millions to give to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's crack on with these emails. I'll take the first one, um, shall I? Uh, things like it's right in front of my face. Um, it's from Daniel Edwards, who writes in, Hey guys, heard you talking about washi films on backing paper this week. We've shot with Washi F and done a little review on the back of it. Um, and you can find this at www.filtrfilmcameras. So that's filter film cameras, but without the .co.uk Forward, forward slash blogs news and washi so you'll we'll put a link in the show notes because um uh, always difficult to find addresses when someone's talking on a podcast uh, there's definitely some great fun and results to be had although we failed miserably in our attempts <laughs> hence the small sample of snaps i'd wholeheartedly recommend people give it a go after all shooting with unusual films like this is one of the best things about shooting film keep up the good work and that's from dan at filter incidentally filter 
filter out because I wouldn't know how to look. Um, it's a cool, cool website they set up where they've got not just the blog there, but they are also selling um, cameras there, well checked over cameras. So if you or if you know someone is looking to perhaps get their first SLR and they want to buy it from somewhere that's a more reliable source than eBay, um, then check out the guys at Filter because they've got some nice cameras there and it looks like they're doing good work. Um, washi films, guys. Have either of you tried washi films? I haven't. I'm ashamed to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. I haven't yet had a chance. Have you, Steve? I haven't, no. I know oh. uh, um, Andy Walmsley has used it a bit. Mm-hmm. The um, vlogger, his site, he's, uh, he seems to be quite a fan of it. It's not something I've, I've tried. Yeah, I've got a role. I know I've got a role waiting to be shot. Do not ask me what washi it is because there's a lot of different ones. I really wanted to, um, last time I did a film shop, I wanted to get some of their sheet film um, because they have quite a good range of sheet films and papers. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Paul Analog Wonderland has failed to keep them in stock at the time. So I was let down, <laughs> too sadly. <popular. laughs> yeah, too popular, unfortunately. But um, I, 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 it's great what Lomig does over there. He just finds all sorts of fun stuff and puts it out and the papers um can i ask a quick question you may not know the answer to this but in terms of washi film um developing it does it have to be done in in a slightly different way from the chemicals that we would normally use graham uh i don't think so also the the washi films is a really broad church of stuff so it's not just Mm -hmm. the stuff on the um the japanese washi paper they also have all sorts of weird and wonderful films um some of which are sort of take-ups film from the beginning of movies and stuff like that there's mm-hmm. all sorts of different stuff um with some very slow isos and some yeah the, I th- so but no i don't think that any of them require you buying any specialist chemicals um, okay. although you know or, or having to send it off or anything like that it, it's something that potentially i could develop at home That's yeah cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly think so. Although, because as I said, because there is such a, a wide variety of the stuff that they've got there, it's mm. definitely worth checking. Um, but yeah, uh, it is a good, fun selection of stuff they've got there. But I really do want to try some of that paper, um, the the washi paper stuff in particular, mm. um, because it just uh, I just love the idea of having little little paper negatives at the end. I think it's fantastic. Okay, fantastic. who wants to read the next one from Anthony Pearson? Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Go I? for it, Rach. Okay. Um, so, Anti Pearson's written in to say, Ahoy, Sunny16. Just listened to your episode 163, Portrait of Rachel. Oh, that's me. <laughs> um, really, really enjoyed it. Beautifully done. Thank you. First off, where can I see the pics? Uh, well, um, in answer to that, there was only one pic that actually survived <laughs> in the end, um, which is currently, uh, which has been put out on social media, I believe, social meets. Um, and Graham, are we, I assume we're looking at going to be putting them up on the website as well at some point. Yeah, we so are looking at collectively, that, yeah. we will look at getting them, uh, getting them put up on the website. I love your use um, of the phrase collectively there. Collectively, yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll look at, collectively we'll look at Graham and go, Graham, get them up on the website. Yeah. Um, and there were also obviously some lovely images that Hillary took, um, which obviously we, we discussed and uh, you'll have heard us um, actually take it or her taking them during that episode as well um so i know that she's also um posted those through her social media channels and things as well and i imagine that you know when we put aids up and myself and and graham's um hopefully um after graham's show comes out uh, this week um the following week we'll be hopefully looking at um snippets of audio from 
you guys, our listeners, and how you've got on with the adventures. So um, at some point, we should hopefully have images up on the website. So that would be lovely. So that was the first point. Count all the hopefullys in that last (laughs) paragraph. Full of hope. Uh, I'm full of hope. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Secondly, I don't much like the look of my ageing self, but find taking selfies quite easy especially distorted reflections. I'm probably okay with it because I'm in control and own the end result. So can delete if I want. That is true. What I'm not okay with is having other people take my pick, especially candid pics. I hate that. Despite really enjoying taking photos of other people. Hypocrite? Me? How about a challenge where you take each other's photos? Give complete control to someone else. Let them photograph you as they want to. There's an exercise in trust for you. (gasps) Finally, here's a pic of a fern for Rachel, and he sent me a lovely link, which I haven't, I didn't realise I had a link here, so I will check that out. Yours and co uh, from Anthony. And we have, you can see Anthony's photos at um, www.danksplangle.com. Dankspangle.com. I know, I love that website name so much. Dankspangle. <laughs> Isn't it cool? <laughs> And have a little look at this at this photo for me because that's always lovely oh that's beautiful it's um square format shot on kodak portra 400 beautiful fronds of ferns um from, from a very low angle in this gorgeous woodland looks like thank you so much and see it's beautiful lovely and stuff it. okay um let's see what this next one steve steve do you want to take this next one for us from Stuart yeah, webster i'll take this one this is talking about old film says, hi all, loving the podcast. I'm back shooting film after a gap of about 20 years and really enjoying your content. Hey! Hey, there you go. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, I made an impulsive late-night purchase of 11 expired films. <laughs> God, that sounds like Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it was a drunken late-night purchase, but the truth is I can make impulsive purchases sober or tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say Chroma was a bit of a, uh, a drunken day in a pub, so fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Never dare me in a pub. Right. Um, only two of them have dates of 1999 and 2001, and the others show no date. How do I date them and any advice on how to shoot them? They can be seen on my Instagram page at analog underscore Sheffield. Appreciate your advice and input. Um, That's from Stuart. Yeah. Probably the only advice for expired film is, what is it, one, one stop per decade out of date? Generally for black and uh, for colour film, and half a stop per decade for black and white. Yeah, um, yeah. they're pretty good suppose, rules of thumb, aren't they? They generally work, don't they? You can it always saw... stand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, were you going to say stand develop? Yeah, yeah. Once you've shot it anyway. Um, I'm not sure about dating film, other than kind of googling the uh, the brand to see if you can get an idea of when it was used, but. Yeah, we actually saw Stuart's um, uh, post on Instagram, didn't we? Yes. Graham? I saw that you'd meant you'd replied as well, and and I, I'd come back to him and said, actually, one of the f- um, film canisters looked really like the really old Ilford that I had because it said, um, and actually, I had a little look in my in the box here, and it seemed to be very very similar. So I found the box and sent a photo over to Stuart. Actually, um, I think mine's dated May nineteen seventy or mm. 1978 um so that role of um fp4 without the plus um i i would imagine is is a similar kind of 
age, 78, 79, something like that. Um, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on the others. No, I, mean, I think you guys are um, spot on. I think you know, the only way really with some of these very old films is to try and nail it down by looking at when the branding was relevant. If it's got no other date, try and see if you can find when that particular branding was being used and go from there. Um, as you said, t- t- if it's a film that's no longer made, then that gives you some clues because you can look at, well, when was the last role of FP4 made without the plus? And um, I think you're right, Rachel, I think that would have been late 70s. Um and beyond that, yeah, if you're going to give it a go with the very old ones, I think stand developing is a really good idea. Um, and and uh, the adding stops, as Steve was saying at the beginning, for however many decades have passed, if you do know the date. I think the thing with all expired film is um, even if you know the dates on it, what you can never know is what's happened to the film in those years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because that film might have sat in a, a fridge or a freezer for most of that life and be still really good. and in really, Or it might have been sat next to a radiator or in a really hot loft or something like that. Um, and so really the only way you're going to know if it's any good is by trying it. Um, and if you've only got one roll from a batch to try, so you can't do a kind of a test roll or take or maybe cut a piece and do a test um, and do a short strip from it, just don't try it on anything that's important. Don't don't go and <laughs> it's do all the gamble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shooting in a fun way. Yeah, shooting expired film is fun, and you can get so especially with color film, you can get some really fun color shifts and stuff like that. Um, and it, but you just never know what that will be. Uh, I think another thing that's worth knowing is that the higher the speed of the film, the faster it loses that speed. And the far- yeah. I, I've used some. Um, I can't remember whether it was Kodak or Ilford thirty two hundred, but um, it was probably from about 2000 and that definitely was not anything close to 3200 <laughs> by that point it had really gone real fast real bad um so so in what way uh, just so i know do you mean it was more like shooting 400 um yeah probably all i know is that it was definitely was not 3200 um gotcha. and the images i got from it i got pictures from it but they mm. were very grainy and dark and did not it wasn't well. reacting as quickly with light as it obviously would have done at 3200 being fresh yes exactly yeah. so i okay. think i think the fast films are just generally not not as good or um after they've been kept for a long time whereas yeah. they don't know, retain their light sensitivity to quite no. the same extent no yeah. exactly I think pro films are the same, aren't they? But what were pro films? I don't think they kind of last as well as consumer films. Oh, really? That's interesting. I've read know. something about that being a little bit more unstable as well. Yeah. I think well, the yeah. idea was they were designed to be used fresh yeah. out the fridge and shot. Yeah. Um, as opposed to having all the um, preservatives and additives. It's a bit like the, <laughs> the loaf of bread, right? <laughs> That's it, probably, yeah. yeah. Your artisan bread will be uh, will be shot after a day made, or two. Made that day, eat it that <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. But uh, yeah, so it's it's always worth a try though. Although I think a couple of the um, films that he had just they were just very cool to look at anyway. So yeah. some of them you just put on your shelf and enjoy them. Just look um, pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rach, do you want to read this next one for us from Daniel Novak? Sure. So Daniel was written in to say, "Dear Sunnies, after a little pause, I am back with an email. Yes, this is Dan Novak, the ghost space explorer from the 26th century who fell through a wormhole." the rest (laughs) Uh, first episode 163 a picture of rachel what a treat it was really great to have the privilege to listen in on behind the scenes conversations and what can possibly go into a self-portrait 
Also, on back in paper 37, you mentioned two topics that caught my ear. The first one was that of CLAs. I've had several cameras CLA'd over the, over the last three years and wanted to share my experience. You should not think about a CLA as a strictly proactive measure. A CLA can be the best response to a specific repair need or maintenance too. For example, I needed a focusing screen changed and a shutter maintained. A full CLA, including the two specific items, was only $20 extra and included way more. Once the repair shop has the camera taken apart, additional work is a small incremental. In my experience, even small unexpected parts that are required are usually thrown in at no additional cost, and CLA comes with a short-term warranty. Even if seemingly unrelated things break during that time, they may be covered. On one of my Nikon uh, FEs, the electronics died about a week after the CLA, and the company covered it, including back and forth shipping. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I wonder which company that was. Maybe he'll say. The, the other topic was that of flash use with an ISO 1.6 film. Who's, whose email was this, Graham? Remind me. Sorry. Oh, crumbs. I'm going to have to go back Sorry. right now because that was okay. more than one week ago. It was, I think, wasn't it? Um, we had an email about this ISO 1.6 film, Steve, in case you didn't hear that episode. No. Um, that's a very, very slow film. It <laughs> um, is a bit. Says, uh, oh, and he had it as a bulk load as well. He'd, he'd accidentally maybe purchased. I'm not sure exactly. Um <laughs> While testing uh, is certainly a good recipe, one can get a good starting point by using the flash guide number. Guide numbers help to factor in both the flash distance from the subject and the inverse square law and the lens aperture. So GN, guide number, equals flash to subject distance times f-stop. It's usually assumed or specified that the GN is at ISO 100. Also, guide numbers can be given in meters or feet, so be careful when comparing. So for example, if a flash has a guide number of 80 feet, proper exposure could be achieved at for F4, 20 feet, F8, 10 feet, F16, 5 feet. Now let's factor in the ISO 1.6. That is six stops under ISO 100 from the previous example. So proper exposure could be achieved at opening by six stops from F16, F2 at five feet, F2.8 at 3.5 feet, the F2 at 5 feet gives us a new guide number for ISO 1.6 film of 10 compared to the 80 that we started at. That is at full flash power. If you cut the flash power to a half, you need to open up by one stop or figure out the new distance by going back to the GN, the guide number, which is equal to the flash to subject distance times F stop. There are some very nifty calculators online that can help with the math. And he's also added in... <clears throat> A little uh, link to that, um, which is scantips.com forward slash lights forward slash flash basics 1c. Uh, oh, dot HTML. There we go. Um, says there are probably some apps too, but I have not used any. And some manual flashes have dials to assist with all of this. And finally, there are some good books that make this all sound easy. For example, Understanding Flash Photography by Brian Peterson. That's Brian with a Y. Sorry for the long-winded email. Hope it is helpful. Cheers from Dan. And he says, enjoy the beauty that surrounds you. There we go. So you can find Dan's <coughs> website. Sorry, I got a bit crooky. Um, as danielnovakphoto.com and also timelessbuffalo.com. How are you doing there, Graham? Did you manage to find out the email? I, I did, indeed. It, the original email was from David Romanis, um, who uh, I should have remembered because I was chatting to David over Instagram over the last couple of days <laughs> about this. So um, I can't remember what the update was either that he told me, but he's making progress with it, I think. So 
Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, there we go. Some lovely, um, uh, some fantastic and very in-depth um, possibilities there from Daniel Novak. And uh, yeah, keep us posted on how you get on with all of that. Uh, really, really useful. Excellent stuff. Um, I thought I'd let you read that one late, low Rach, because it got complicated. <laughs> so I thought I'd have to go. <laughs> well, I hope it was I hope it was clear enough uh, at least. It was fantastic. Um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, actually, Steve, you can take this last one. Finish us up on this oh, one from Simon Burgess. Okay. It says hi, long term listener, first time scribe. Love the oh. show. That's oh, good, isn't it? Love the show and massive thanks for all the hard work you all put into getting it produced. Uh, hearing the recent BBC Radio Four program on female photographers really good and still an eye player, reminded me of what was very nearly my most embarrassing photography-related moment. <laughs> <laughs> Up until this point, my most embarrassing moment, photo-related, occurred in the mid-80s when a friend and I inadvertently developed a roll of film in a litre of pink <laughs> lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was really <laughs> <laughs> pink Lambrusco was the darkroom beverage of choice in the 1980s. That's so fancy. Pink. I'm, I'm sure you'll know, Graham. It's way before my time. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend and I had already finished one when we, who knows how, used it to develop a film. <laughs> <laughs> the film was blank, of course. Uh, anyway, keeping it short, photographing a couple of years ago at a gypsy fair, spotted another film shooter and got chatting. In my dotage, I assume she was a student, maybe doing an assignment. We chatted a while. A little later, I saw her taking a portrait of the woman at the fair, and I thought perhaps of offer her advice based on my years of wisdom. Fortunately, I decided against it and thought to let her learn by her mistakes, as we all do. That evening, browsing Instagram, I noticed some phone pics from someone who I took to be the said student. I checked her website, thinking it would be interesting to see her progress thus far. Sophie Green has recently been recognised and awarded a Graduate Photographer's Award by Magnum. She'd <laughs> <laughs> love the advice. <laughs> uh, she's recently shown a six-page feature in the Sunday Times magazine for her project, Bangers and Smash, and also featured in Time magazine, The Observer, British Journal of Photography, The Guardian, ID magazine, etc., etc. Safe to assume she wouldn't have needed my advice at this or any point. She's one of the four photographers featured in the above-mentioned programme. <laughs> <laughs> I've bumped into her a couple of times since and as well as being an amazingly talented photographer with a unique eye she is a very nice and very unassuming person I didn't tell her this story <laughs> <laughs> keep up the great work Simon Burgess and his Instagram is at Simon Burgess Photography and his website is holgerweek.com oh no that, that's something entirely different you want <laughs> that that's different. entirely different <laughs> Greg just throws these curveballs in there Steve don't worry it I'm like Bob Burgundy I'll just read with everybody <laughs> <laughs> is that your most embarrassing photography moment so far <laughs> of this I've had many more than that don't, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> oh Simon it happens to us all uh, don't like don't worry um, yeah uh, it, it's just one of those things I think human nature sometimes we do have these these assumptions or these biases and we don't even notice it you know and and uh, I think that's really cool that actually you went online and had a little look at her work and was like actually this is amazing so you know all we can do is learn from these experiences, isn't it? And uh, and that's brought us a new name. Uh, if we didn't know it already, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say I hadn't. I'd, I may recognise her work, but I hadn't heard of Sophie Green myself. So um, I'll definitely go and check out her work as well. Sounds fab. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just on her website now, having a quick look, and she, she is indeed a very talented photographer. Um, yeah, I'm looking at her bangers and smash project, and it's there's some really beautiful work there. Um, yeah. 
really lovely stuff. So um, check out her work, uh, sophiegreenphotography.com. Um, definitely worth anybody's time, I think. Uh, I think that just about does it for emails this week, unless I've missed anything, which is always possible, but I don't think so. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for writing in. Um, there were a couple of other bits we just want to talk about before uh, we move on. The first one is uh, holgerweek.com. Now, there's a surprise. <laughs> Nobody knew that was coming. I've heard about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's Simon Burgess's website, I think. Um, so, yes, Holger Week is going. It's a little way off yet. Um, Holger Week will be running from October the 1st till the 7th. Um, uh, and as part of Holger Week, they run competitions. Um, now, let me see if I can find the thing here saying what the different... Uh, um, things are. Uh, I know that they are doing pinhole for the first time this year because that is being mm-hmm. judged by um, Corey Cannon and uh, Andrew Bartram ah. from the Lensless Podcast. Lensless Podcast, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that M is um, uh, judging. Let's see if I can find it. Here we go. Um, so uh, yeah, here we go. The, uh, the Holger Street Photography um, is being judged by the <laughs> the Hypersensitive Photography Podcast. So that's. Um, <laughs> That's Evan mm. Amish, so that'll be something. Um, there's going to be a nature uh, nature one. Uh, no judge yet sorted for that. Um, and the Holger Select, which all uh, uh, the jury will be all Holger Week photographers. That's a um, uh, one where people taking part get to decide on. And there also is the Holger Portrait class, and you'll never guess who's judging that, Rachel. <laughs> Go on, who's judging that? We are. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's I amazing. I had no idea that we were judging that. Um, I don't know, actually, maybe, I don't know if I'm, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm grasping for? I don't know if I if I should, if I'm allowed. Uh, having, I don't own a Holger and have never had a chance to shoot with a Holger so far. Well, have so you ever seen a portrait? Yes. So you can judge portraits. I think you're I suppose, all right. We're not asking you to judge the cameras. Really I yeah, I don't know that I've got the right um, qualifications, shall we say. <laughs> um, but maybe as a collective, we can do that as a Sunny 16 collective. Absolutely. It's a Holger lens or an Imslow, does that count? <laughs> it, sorry, Steve, I missed that. What was that? So I, I fit a Holger 120 lens to an Imslow 3D once to make a panoramic 35mm, Ooh. does that count? Did it work know, well? Maybe. It did, yeah. That was my whole slope 2D. It was, Very nice. it was no longer an Imslow 3D. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think people might not be impressed if I butcher the Nimslow again. Well, yeah, yeah, that's possibly true. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm really excited about that. We, um, that's super cool. Yeah, Yay. we got asked by Mr Holger, um, real name, I'm sure, but we got asked by Mr Holger um, if we would take part. And he said, oh, which which um, category would you like to judge? And I was like, oh, I want to do portraits. Because um, I you know, I think it's something that we all... Because it's all... going so well, your your challenge part. Yeah, exactly. Assignment, exactly. right? <laughs> Well, listen, you know, I thought I was thinking about our combined skills. You're a professional wedding photographer and, you know, people photographer in general. Aid mm-hmm. loves his portraits and pictures of people. Mm-hmm. And I know what cameras look like. So we've, we've got it covered. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice to be asked to do this. I'm really excited to take part. Uh, I think actually, I think portraits with Holgers, I think that's pretty, that's quite a challenging yeah. one to do well yeah, as well. And it does here. It says faces, heads, bodies, hands, hair, skin, etc. So Good grief. Okay. <laughs> wow, um, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what we'll get to see? Feast our eyes. 
exciting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just again to say that is the Holger Week is taking place the 1st till the 7th of October. Uh, and the deadline for submissions taken uh, during that week is November the 8th, 2019. Uh, and if you go to holgerweek.com, you won't find Simon Burgess, I'm afraid, but you will find all of that information <laughs> there. Um, I have just lent my Holger out <laughs> to somebody um, because I, I did a, a, a good thing today. Uh, like I say, I... I um, I mentioned last week, I think it was, that uh, I bought some new cameras for this young chap called Rory Dunn, who is very nice and super sure? enthusiastic. Um, your ensigns. Yes, exactly, yeah. Rach. I bought these two ensigns, which I've cleaned up, and they all look quite nice now. I'm going to have a go. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's super enthusiastic, and, um, I'm, and I started following him on Instagram, and yeah, he has definitely got a good eye as well. And he was, we were chatting about the fact that he was going to take some pictures this Friday just gone. And I you know, said, oh, what film are you going to take? So I've got, so I got either some T-Max 100 or some T-Max 400. And I said, well, it looks like it's going to be more of a T-Max 400 sort of a day. And I said, you might even want to push that to 800 because it was supposed to be pretty grey and rainy and horrible. And we had a bit of a chat about that. And he ended up pushing it to 800. Uh, and then discovered after he'd taken the pictures that he couldn't get anyone to push process it in Oxford because oh, he no. wanted it done there and then in Oxford, and mm. and and he said no one can do this until next week at the earliest. Oh. Um, and, I mean, you know, we're all used to this, but when you're when you're young, you're 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 moving a bit quicker. Um, so I said that's oh, no problem. Just bring it over and we'll sort it out. So I got to help Rory today develop his first roll of film, and it was great. Yay! I, it was. Uh, it's a privilege to get to you know go through that with somebody. It um, is so lovely. And the, the the sort of the look of anticipation and also fear when we've been through the process and it's like okay now we're going to open it and see if you got any pictures. Um, and there were and they look really good actually. I've seen some of them already because he's got them home and dried and scanned and everything and they came out really well. Um, but he um, he want his his next mission is to have a go at shooting some one twenty. And he said, I've got a Holger to shoot it through. And he showed me his Holger. And I don't quite know what was going on with this Holger. So it had a mask in the back, reducing it to 35mm. Mm. Um, but there wasn't any spaces to hold 35mm frame in, 35mm film canister in. And um, and obviously, with the winder, you just keep winding. It, it was... Yeah. You so wouldn't I, know where to stop. No, exactly. So there so, were no adapters? No, no. Oh, um, for the kind of stuff. Weird. Or so, maybe that's... Mm. Yeah, so as it was his... It was going to be his first experience of trying 120 film, uh, I did feel quite strongly like, um, don't send somebody out set up to <laughs> fail. That doesn't seem like a, a great strategy. Yeah. So I lent him my Holger, and, and um, I look forward to seeing how he'll get on with that. He's got his Holger <laughs> and his roll of foam up and and um, I'm sure he'll have fun with it. But, uh, yes, that's where my Holger is, um, out there in oh, the world. Lovely. Yeah, that's all right then. At least two thirds of the sunbeams have got holgers, so I feel like that's all right. We're all good. <laughs> oh yeah, We're, we are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and before we move on, actually, should we do the coffee donations and then come back again just to where the Kickstarter stuff is? That seems like a good Sounds plan, good. doesn't it? Let's do um, that. Is there anything else going on this week, actually, Rach, that we need to remember? I'm sure there is. I always forget these things, Probably. but I'm sure there is. I'm Oh, too. I just remember the thing. I remember the thing. So well I done. got. I, thank you. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> is it relevant um, or just a thing? Uh, 
I'll let you decide. <laughs> um, I finally got around. I'm catching up on my podcast, and I finally got around to listening to the judging of the um, negative positives <laughs> double exposure community challenge podcast host extravaganza. Uh, extravaganza. <laughs> Oof. Um, and uh, we came second. Rachel, second. I came second. Yeah. Oh, the silver medal. Yes. Yeah, which we're, we're very, very pleased about that. How? Um, <laughs> I think everybody else was, must have been really terrible. <laughs> but no, they, they were a lot. You bribed them, didn't you? I couldn't afford the whiskey bills of bribing that <laughs> lot. Um, but, um, yeah, really pleased. Well, well, virtual high five then from here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can do <laughs> and um, and thank you very much, Em, for saying uh, nice things about our photograph, which was very kind of you. Um, <laughs> we had a few problems with it, the most notable of which was we, th- we thought we were going to be smart and yep. shoot in medium format yep. because oh, that'd be great. It's, it's a square. Not realising <laughs> that I shot with a TLR, so the film goes one way. <laughs> Uh, and Rachel shot with a folding camera, so the film goes the other way. So all of the yep. pictures were at right angles to each other. They were at ninety degree angles to each <laughs> other. So yeah, which we did not realise until after we processed. But this is what we learned from it, which is yeah, great. We did. So, um, that's all. So congratulations to Neil Piper from the Soot and Whitewash podcast and Alex Purcell, who were the the team that won. Won uh, and well done to everybody else who took part. It was a lot of fun. Um, and commiserations to Simon Forster and Andrew Bartram. I mean, they, obviously they weren't. You know, they didn't give everybody a number right down to last place, but it kind of it was quite clear that they were they came last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, it was good fun. So that was the thing I remember. Phew, thank goodness. And we beat, um, we did beat Mike and Andre of the Negatives Positives podcast. They, they came after us. So that was important. So that was great. That was good. Okay, shall we do the coffee stuff? Oh, sounds like Rachel's disappeared for a minute. Well, Steve, until Rachel comes back, we're, we're going to do make it. a coffee. You, yeah. you, you get to, Rachel's <laughs> gone to make a coffee. She's overwhelmed by our victory, our, well, our second place victory. And so she's had to briefly step away from the mic. Um, so, Steve, all I need you to do, we've got the list of names uh, in front of us there. Um, and if you can give me the name, and I'll give you a fact about that person, that person, because these are all our wonderful coffee donors. Thank you so much to everybody. We love you. And our little elves are thanking you with these bags. <laughs> okay, first one up is Malcolm Myers. Uh, Malcolm Myers thinks that more otters should take up politics. Not because he <laughs> thinks that they'd be any good at it, but at least they'd be adorable and fun to look at whilst they cock things up. They are adorable. <laughs> I love that they hold each other's hands. That's so cute. So yeah. they don't, or pause. Politicians. Ah, <laughs> 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 no. Um, definitely otters. They're way cuter. Um, uh, David Allen. Okay. Um, David Allen, uh, noted mathematician David Allen, has calculated to three decimal places exactly how much would a woodchuck woodchuck if a woodchuck could indeed chuck wood. Um, turns out it's none. Uh, woodchucks are lazy little feckers. <laughs> okay. Got it. Jeremy North. Uh, Jeremy North worked for several years as an international cuddle ambassador. Uh, he, you know, was sent out to um, hugless parts of the world uh, and went out there distributing uh, warm embraces to all those who needed them in those faraway hugless countries. You just, you know, uh, facts you didn't know about Jeremy. No, I thought no. there was actually an area of the world called hugless. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepless in hugless. Oh, 
That's so cute. Um, Simon Burgess. Simon Burgess. Like, mentioned. Besides, you previously mentioned Simon Burgess from Holgerweek.com likes to start each morning by going through a 20-minute dance routine with heavy emphasis on voguing and doing the mashed potato. He says it really sets him up for the day. Okay. Uh, Andrew Bartram. Andrew Bartram uh, has heavily invested in shares in salt and amassed himself a small fortune in saline speculation. Um, that's how he earned himself the nickname of the Salt Prince. <laughs> Andy D. Uh, Andy D likes to make bird sculptures out of butter, which would be fine, except that he then likes to post them off to friends and family who sadly take delivery of soggy cardboard boxes filled with lumps of congealed yellow fat. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, you've got Christian Strauff. Christian Strauff tries very hard to avoid words that include the letter R which is difficult with a name like Christian Strauff right from the get-go. The reason he does this is that he's worried that overuse of that letter is going to give him premature wrinkles, and so he's really working to try and cut those out of his uh, spoken language. These are all (laughs) facts. And if you meet Christian, you'll see he's got a beautifully smooth face. Yeah, he's got a lovely face. You've got a lovely face, Christian. (laughs) You've got a lovely face. That's another fact, the rate of supplying how lovely Christian's face is. Um, and that's it for the coffee donuts. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, you are wonderful, and we love you, and <laughs> and that's why you get this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's why you have to put up with that, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, thanks, Steve, tell us again where people can go to find out about the Chromographica dry plate holders. Okay, if you go to kickstarter.com, and search for Chromographica, which is C-H-R-O-M-A-G-R-A-P-H-I-C-A. Um, you may also see it under Explore. It was on there yesterday, at least. Uh, but yeah, search for that. You can see all the information, the the lovely campaign video that myself and Jason put together, and various photos of the holders in use, and what the dry plates look like at the end. And obviously... Of co- as well as the dry- these double dry plate holders, which you are kickstarting now, you, of course, are the man behind the chroma cameras. Um, uh, and you are now working full-time. Chroma camera is now your full-time business, isn't I am. it? I am officially putting food on the table with it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a big thing in July. I, I left my previous role in IT, and I'm now permanently doing chroma. So my uh, full-time day is in the workshop building more of these awesome cameras for the awesome people who back me. So at the moment, are you still working through the Kickstarter backing stuff at the moment? I am, yeah. So basically, I have a mailing list of people who are interested in sort of the Chromas going forward and also what I'm up to. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to open for retail sales, which will be through Chroma.camera um, by probably end of September. Oh, really? That's fantastic. So, it, so anybody who's interested, because Steve does make a really lovely 4x5 camera, um, having had a chance to pick it up and play with it, they are beautiful things, they are really well made, and they are well worth your time looking at. If, you, if you're thinking about getting a 4x5 camera, it's definitely one to consider. Um, so Chroma Camera is the place to go, and if people want to get their names on the mail is it so you people can't order one at the moment but they can put their names no, on not the yet. list yeah it, well if you go to chroma.camera you can sign up to the mailing list so uh basically the mailing list will be the first people to be told 
when they can order retail cameras. Um, I also send out updates to that mailing list regularly on other kind of accessories, products, future things I'm working on as well. Is this including, and um, we were talking about this before we started recording, the carbon fibre chroma? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There hasn't been a, an update on ours, but I have been speaking to a, a company who make carbon fibre parts. So after you made the mistake of encouraging me to look at a deluxe model. Um, very fancy. <laughs> fancy pants Steve, eh? So what starts off as, yeah, let's look at a, chrome and a, a carbon fibre bed for the camera. Uh, has now morphed into maybe we can make a whole entire chrome out of carbon fiber. So that might, that's something that I'm kind of doing the maths on at the moment. Um, so so I'm world very, exclusive. World exclusive. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I think we can reasonably expect that carbon fiber chrome is not going to be a cheap camera, but it sounds like a camera we should all start saving up for now because <laughs> that's going to be the fastest camera out there. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> Like an F one inspired chroma. <laughs> this is very exciting. That's wonderful. Um, well, I'm, I'm really glad that things are all going so well, Steve, and yeah. uh, I'm just excited to see what comes from the chroma family of products going forwards. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, they've got a few things coming up. That's awesome. Rach, anything else from you this week? I think that's it from me this week. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to hearing your show on Thursday, uh, Graham, because we really enjoyed listening to AIDS uh, chat with Claire, didn't we? Which has been great. And yes, uh, yeah, brilliant. you're the last of the sunbeams to uh, to be putting yours out there. So, uh, And then the following week, it will be hopefully listening to any of our listeners who want to join in. Uh, record a little bit five minutes of audio of as to how they've got on with the self uh, self portrait uh, assignment and uh, just email it in send it over to us it would be lovely to hear those yeah it certainly would and i'm feeling significantly more confident that that show will be out with the listener uh, con- content than i am that mine will be out this thursday so uh, <laughs> watch this, watch space, this listeners. space yeah <laughs> listen to this space yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's the tumbleweed um the email that people should email into Yes, the email is sunny16podcast at gmail.com. That is the place for all of your emails. And if you are taking part in this self-portrait assignment, that is the place to send us your little five-minute recordings of how you got on and your thoughts on the whole experience. Um, we, Like I said, we would really love to hear what you've made of this and to see as well, of course, send in your pictures along with it. We want to see your beautiful faces. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Christian Straub, we want to see your lovely, lovely faces. <laughs> Um, I think we should probably leave, don't you, Rach? I think we should. I think it's time for us to uh, to skedaddle. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us, Steve. It's been lovely to hear no about the awesome new Kickstarter that you're doing um, and how well everything's going since you left the rat race. Yay! <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Which is brilliant. Good um, going, guys. Yeah. So uh, until until Thursday, uh, we're keeping everything crossed for you, Graham, and uh, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everyone.